Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we are going to talk about a set of dreams that a man in Kentucky has been having that are kind of uh, prophetic, he believes, about what's coming uh, in our country. And so a lot of people are concerned as you think about the election coming and the riots and COVID And so uh, I've been having people ask me a lot what I think of these dreams. And so we're going to walk through that and we're going to talk about um, our predictions for the future. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I feel like we can't do one of these for every guy who's got dreams in his backyard. But this one's got, you know, this one's got a lot of views. Did you notice on the? Oh, it was was plenty. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of views. And and people are uh, really curious um, how, how legitimate they might be. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, before that, it is story time, and, and you're up. Yeah, so um, I was thinking about stories, and I decided to uh, tell this one. So when we were kids, um, when I was a kid, we had... Uh, I was going to say, I mean, those are different eras where when I was a kid when yes, you were Yes, I'm kid. talking about the era when I was a kid, John. <laughs> we had... My mom always had dogs, lots of dogs. She still has dogs. My, mm-hmm. mom, my mom lives alone, and she's got three or four dogs right now. Too many dogs. And we had this one dog named Poochie. Poochie the dog. Poochie the dog. Poochie was a mongrel. We had no idea what kind of breed uh, <laughs> that Poochie was. What what size was it? Little, you know, kind of a mid-sized small dog. Not a big dog. And a great dog. Poochie was awesome. And um, so Poochie was the only dog we had at this time. And all of a sudden, Poochie's pregnant. Mm. Who knew? And litter. Then... Later, another litter. Mom, of course, keeps them all. So we got lots of dogs. Oh, my goodness. Well, Poochie runs away, gets out and runs away, and is gone. Just one day, Poochie's gone. You never saw her again? Oh, she gone. Never saw her again? Well, let me tell my story. So a month goes by. That dog's gone. Whoa. What time well, of year is it? Just help me. I don't the know, but this is in Dallas, you know. It's in, so it's not. It's never a bad time of year. I mean, I don't remember. Is it like? Is it like dangerously hot? No, no. If anything, it's fall or spring. Anyway, so Poochie's gone for like a month, and then all of a sudden, scratching at the front door, we go open the door. There's Poochie. What in the world? Poochie is wearing a dog tag from <laughs> California. What with a new name on it. Somebody had taken that dog to California. Now, we don't know if Poochie, you know, is like a movie, Lassie's, you know, whatever. Poochie, no go home. Way. You know? So, I don't know what happened. All I know is the dog had a tag on from California. When How do you know home. it was California, from California? It said. It said the dog's name in, in California, uh, U.S. Did it have an address or a phone number? I don't remember. But we were just like, what? Of course, we ripped that dog tag off. It was Poochie. Was, Poochie's yeah. home. You know Poochie. Yeah. And Poochie knew us. <laughs> <laughs> was it it was a it was a mud was it unique enough that there was no doubt oh yeah had yeah. to be poochie oh yeah and responded to us you know wanted to be with us it was at least a month i don't know how long it was but it was at least a month and then bam there there's poochie with these dog tags on what in the world it was a famamama my hunch is a family from california is in dallas and they have they find this mutt and they put a collar on it i can't imagine 
the amount of logistics involved, either for it going to California or being driven to California. I just, I'm just, I'm blown away. Theories abound. This is as crazy to me as the episode we're about to talk about. I could talk about Poochie in California for another 15 minutes. I've made up lots of stories. You know, Poochie ran home, you know, that finally she broke out of these people from California who yeah. kidnapped her and she broke out and found her way home crossing the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Seized her a moment to like jump out of the window. Right. And, yeah. Uh, or the family uh, took her, went to California, came back. Mm. And Poochie got away. Yeah, they had some kind of vacation. Yeah, who knows? Who goes? But here's, you know, it's important to know the season. Why would they go to California in the fall? Well, because maybe that's home. Why would they put California tags on the dog unless that was home for If California is home, then what were they doing in Dallas twice They within, came back to one visit. Month? They came back, you know, to, I don't know. I don't know. They had a Poochie moment. There's just no way. They would have had to be in Dallas, travel to California for, Listen, for fun, get a souvenir. Just like the get a souvenir. just like the dreams we're about to talk about. The guy <laughs> says, I take no responsibility for what they mean. I'm just telling you what I saw. And you saw Poochie and at the Poochie front door. Poochie showed up with California dog tags oh, on. Oh, my word. You're driving me insane. I wish you had never told me this. This is going to keep me up. <laughs> uh, okay. What happened to the litters? Oh, finally, you know, she started giving dogs away. We had at one point we had thirteen dogs in our backyard. Goodness, yes. So, when, mom, if you're listening, I love you, but that was too many dogs. When I was growing up, grandma's house always had Pepper, this little black and white dog named Pepper that lived forever. Yeah, yeah. And she would buy these big pig ears for Pepper. Oh yeah, and little little black and white <laughs> dog. And I'm like, how is this dog going to handle? Yeah, it was old. Yeah. Halfway through its life, it yeah. was old. And those pig ears would last would last that dog a long time. <laughs> yeah, but I loved Pepper when I was a kid. Yeah, mom did too. It was hard. It was hard. It's hard when when Pepper went to see Poochie in the sky <laughs> <laughs> in the big, the big wherever she went. Yeah, wherever doggy heaven or hell is. Oh my know. word! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, we got the giggles out. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. Let me introduce you to this uh, story. So, there is a pastor, and uh, let me get my glasses on so I can read my own handwriting because I wrote down the town he's from. He's in Kentucky. This is a serious one. I would do uh, now for my job, I take my, my notes via typing on, on Word. Yeah. Because when I'm in the heat of the moment, I'm writing on a notepad. Right. I It's anyone's guess what I what, what I you wrote. Down. Yeah. Well, this is Pastor Dana, Dana Coverstone. He pastors Living Word Ministries in Burksville, Kentucky. Did a little homework on Burksville, population oh, yeah? 1,251. Yeah. Little town at the bottom of the Appalachians. And um, nice little town, a little bit north of Nashville, south, uh, the southern end of the state from Louisville and uh, what's it, Lexington. I always compare... Um I compare, you know, cities to, to our own numbers because it's easy for me. We, Olympia right now is about 52,000. So that's significantly smaller than Olympia. Just, oh, just yeah. For and Olympia's metro area is over 200,000. Really? Yeah. Com- like that's up Lacey, to like Tumwater, uh, Olympia. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know what it is now. That was the last time I looked. I think 2018 was when it said 52. So I can't imagine it got that much bigger for, for just the, mm. the actual city limits. But yeah. anyway. So, um, Pastor uh, Coverstone, and if you want to see his dreams, they're on YouTube. You can find them in lots of places. You may have seen them. I don't recommend necessarily that you watch them. Um, he So, it, it all began with this first one that he published. Um, I, I don't remember when he came out with this. I want to say... Um, I want to say May or June. It may have been July or August, but it was, it was that was the first, the first time he made a video... 
He said that he had had a dream in December of 2019, mm-hmm. and he told some men in his church about this dream. And so he said they can validate that this dream happened. And he uh, saw calendar pages, and when it got to March of 2020, the finger tapped March and said, brace yourself, brace yourself, brace yourself. And he saw ventilators, hospitals, uh, protesters, uh, unemployment lines, just this thing kind of described what actually happened, you know, mm-hmm. after March. So then the reason he made the video was because he had had another dream. And in that dream, the calendar flipped again, uh, you know, um, July, August, September, then October. It tapped in September, then in October, and then November, it punched through the month of November. And the calendar exploded in like a 3D uh, calendar explosion, he said. And then he had a flurry of images. Uh, There were Russian and Chinese soldiers on the ground. Uh, There was chaos everywhere, burning Mm -hmm. cities. Washington, D.C. was burning. Uh, There were politicians in the back rooms making deals. There was money being sucked out of banks by some kind of vacuum device. Uh, People were not able to get coins or cash. Um, just a lot of chaos. Yeah. And he said that, uh, in his earlier dream, also the, the coin shortage was in that dream as well right. as kind of, I think that was establishing a sort of, um, the reason he was sharing this one and not the first one, because the first one wasn't verified until it was. And so he was saying, since that one came true, yeah. he felt obliged to share these other ones. Yeah. So, um, if you haven't seen the dreams, I'm not encouraging you to see them. John, yeah. you watch them because we're doing this conversation. What was your what was your first blush response to the to the dreams? Um, we've talked a bit about um, like an American kind of obsessed Christianity mm-hmm. or or an American specific where it's hard to look outside of that. Yeah, it really really struck me as as too American centric. Uh, uh, just the other day, I, I saw or was shown a Facebook post uh, about this End Times book talking about this big reckoning and all of this prophecy that it said was fulfilled with like 9-11, the 2008 crash. Right. And I was like, you think all these revelation prophecies were just about America in the past 20 something years? Right. There's, all the way back in the New Testament, they were prophesying about the United States. Yeah. And it's like, and, and those are big deals, but not. It's I very mean, easy just as a parenthetical concession. Yeah. It's very easy for people in any culture to see their faith through the lens of their own 100%. culture. Yeah. And so we forget that the epicenter of Christianity is not the United States of America. In fact, uh, globally speaking, in terms of Christian population, the epicenter of Christianity is either Africa, Latin America, and Asia. Hmm. Um, they're sending missionaries to us now. I mean, we are not, we are the, we are the fading away uh, edge yeah. of Christianity. So, so, so that was my first blush, but then, and, and especially cause I, I had kind of formed that opinion before I even watched him. Cause, uh, just from you, you had kind of said, you know, there's this guy having these dreams. I, I hadn't heard about this till uh, today. Uh, but, um, he seemed genuinely sincere watching it. And I don't think, you know, he says that he told these men in his church before, uh, from the first dream back in last December. And, uh, um, and I don't, I don't inherently think that he's lying. Um, and if he's not lying, then there is implications to that, you know. Um, so, so it was tricky. But, but, and initially, I want the first video about the coming months up through mm-hmm. November. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of it, I was like, um, I was kind of on board. Uh, and, and he makes this concession that some of it is, he believes to be very literal and some of it to be metaphorical. Which he says not till later videos. It's and, true. And that video, he describes it as if it's literal because what he saw in the December dream literally happened in March. I think he had an assumption that what he was seeing in these concurrent dreams would also be literal. Well, well then I'll, I'll say that I would assume stuff like the money being sucked out of the bank, that right. would be uh, uh, metaphorical. Yes, but the point being that money was disappearing. Right. And um, he later, uh, the dreams get progressively uh, intense. As I, he the word I would use them. is nuttier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have to concede that that is the word I would use as well. Now, um, he has taken those dreams to uh, a guy who I guess has a gift of interpreting dreams. And that guy helped him understand that some of it is metaphorical and some of it is real. Gotcha. And so he's starting to explain it that way. Uh, but at the end of the day, here's what I want to say about Pastor Dana. Uh, he pastors a church in our network of churches. There's no reason to doubt uh, his authenticity. Um, certainly, if the dreams he had in December were the dreams he describes, I would have to say that would make me sit up and take notice uh, based on the fact that that dream seems to have come on time in real time. And his his posture, I guess, is what I was surprised about, is that he's very... Uh, very humble. Very humble, yeah. And uh, he says that nothing really good for him personally has come out of this. Mm-hmm. He's just basically been kind of harassed since then. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't want to call his character into question at all. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's doing this for any reason other than he feels like he should. So what we want to do in this episode is I want to, I want to give... Uh, my views of his dreams, and then we want to move on to what you and I think might be coming um, as the COVID thing fades or restarts, as a vaccine comes, as the election comes. What do we see happening in this October, November, December timeline? Yeah. And uh, just explore that together. And as a uh, as a disclaimer, our lawyers told us to give us this disclaimer. <laughs> All the views expressed in this program are truly ours and nobody else's, and we are not being paid for these opinions and mm. whatever else you might say. As I'm, I'm going to speak. I'm going to clip that out and put it in, <laughs> put that as a commercial instead of the <laughs> instead of the one we have. So uh, neither John nor I claim any prophetic insight. No. Uh, no. Yeah, we just are going to share our gut feelings about where the country's going, but we do want to uh, just have an official kind of a, a statement about Pastor uh, Dana's. Uh, dreams. And here's mine. In the first video, he mentions that he reads 40 newspapers a day from around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, he mentions that in passing. And, um, and I, I, uh, I don't know how anybody has time to do that. I don't know how anybody has a desire to do that. I imagine it would would replace things like movie watching, maybe like just be, is like, like this is clearly what he cares about. Mm -hmm. And so here's my caveat. Um, I do not think the guy's a fake, a phony. I don't think he's got an agenda other than genuinely trying to share what is happening to him. And I believe that he is honest in every way. And um, here's what I know about dreams. If you obsess over something, it does begin to show up in your dreams. I have two examples just recently for myself. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we have a, this is a, this is a very stupid uh, confession on my part, but we have a broken <laughs> toilet seat in our master bathroom and it just wears me out, but I haven't fixed it yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, 
I keep being frustrated that I haven't fixed it. And, um, you know, it's, it's functional. But uh, the other night, I dreamed about toilets. Hmm. I, I dreamed that I went to the restroom and our toilet seat was there, but the tank was gone. The, the bowl was gone. And, <laughs> and I just peed on a tile floor underneath this seat that's just suspended in the air. Uh, so I'm having toilet dreams because I'm so mad about my toilet. Yeah. Another one, I've got a friend who's uh, taking a risky venture and going to try this entrepreneurial dream of theirs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a little concerned because of COVID and the economy and this timing. And so I've been thinking about him and praying for him. And I dreamed last night that he told me he changed his mind and he backed out of the deal, which he has not done. But that's what I dreamed uh, because I'm thinking about him all the time. And, yeah. I, and my life experience is when I'm really wrapped around the axle about something, I think God made us this way that our brain and our soul decompress while we sleep and we sort things out and they show up in our dreams. For that reason, I think that the content of his dreams has been prefed into his mind and heart because he's obsessing over these kinds of issues. Sure. And so it's, it's like a, like a language It's like, like he, his brain speaks a, this language because of what he consumes, like, like same with mine that I'm just obsessed with storytelling. I'm, I turn everything into storytelling. Yeah. It's, it gets thrown through a prism, kind of. Yeah. So I do think that there's something going on in his heart and soul that is from God, something that is at least designed to guide his steps forward as a pastor, as a father, as a husband. Um, but I, I do, I do um, disclaimer his dreams ad hoc because of this 40 newspaper a day consumption. Yeah. And I think if you... I have this, you know, I've had this, uh, I still hold this opinion, I guess, that that when you have like, when you have what you believe are messages from God, right? So for me, most of them are are, uh, situational, Mm. is where I think, well, that was a crazy coincidence. I'm going to go ahead and and actually- Give God credit that way. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, I was like, like, there's a stretch of these in in a row, probably about a year ago, a little over, man, a year and a half ago almost. And then- uh, one happened that landed me in a situation that I didn't want to be in. And I was like, I don't like this at all. And <laughs> so but I'm the, saying that wasn't exactly. God. <laughs> that's exactly right. So there's no way that could have been God because yeah. I'm not a fan of this one. Yeah. And so I had to reconcile that um, my opinion on the content itself. Right. Should not matter. Yeah. Into what I believe of if it's a if it's from God or not. So that's that's uh, challenging here, because if he really did have this dream pre covid, the first one. Right. Then I can't really dispute at all that that would not be prophetic. Yes, uh, so. and that does make me give credence at least to the first, the second, you know, the first dream he describes, the newest totally. dream. Uh, after that, these dreams get really, really intense. And I was, yeah, and I, I was really, I was on board until he started. He mentions these, this kind of red dawn scenario with these yeah. Chinese and Russian soldiers, and at that point, I was like checked out. Mm. And uh, and it gets even so. So this third one I watch is like we step into a different kind of of a series of dreams. And so again, maintaining what that I, that I believe he's doing his best. He's he's t- he's doing what he thinks he should be doing. It seems plausible to me that he continues to have dreams because it's what he's thinking about constantly, mm-hmm. probably even more so after these original dreams. And then maybe at some point they cease to be prophetic. And after the December dream, he started a series of teaching at his church when these dreams started happening. He mm-hmm. was teaching about prophetic dreams in the Bible. Gotcha. So he's teaching about dreams at the same time as well. 
Now, um, we can summarize what he thinks going to happen. He thinks that the election is going to trigger uh, a massive disruption in our country. He thinks the results of the election will be debated and, and not considered valid for months. He thinks that's going to result in anarchy in the streets, particularly in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. He predicts uh, massive backdoor, behind-the-scenes political manipulation by certain figures. Uh, he thinks that is going to paralyze the use of money and currency and that it's going to create a currency problem. And he believes that disruption is going to be so disruptive that perhaps U.N. forces or these foreign soldiers come to help bring law and order uh, to a chaotic country. He mentions the blue U.N. helmets. Yeah. That, to me, is way more plausible. That, yeah. that I'm, 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 you know, I'm a hop, skip, and a jump away from that one. Yeah. So, uh, and then he, in this latest dream, he, he says that Passover 2021 is when God will definitively wrap all of this up. And so hmm. it, it appears that his belief is that there's going to be really significant chaos from November 3 to Passover uh, right before Easter of 2021. And his uh, purpose in sharing the videos is to call Christians to prayer, to preparation, to, gir- to, to brace themselves for this, and to serve God faithfully, that, that Christians need to stop being lukewarm or casual or consumer-oriented, and they need to really focus because this is a real thing, yeah. and God is calling us to be his people effectively during this crazy time. So I appreciate his motives and what he's asking the church to do. And I think the, you know, I criticize the American-centric thing, but if he's he's an American talking to Americans, right. it makes sense that he's going to have visions about America. Right. You know, what good would it do if he's shown visions of a country he doesn't even speak the language of, right. doesn't know what he's seeing. Right. Even, you know, not to say that doesn't, like John the Revelator, I believe he was shown things that there's mm-hmm. no way he... Could understand. Right. Um, so that part, I'm kind of of two minds about it. It And the points to where I stopped to really... Where it became incredulous to me is when it became so and so so much more specific about our American political situation, and uh, and some of the language he uses the term rural Americans. He throws it out kind of. He only uses it once. It's he only uses it one time. He says it's a warning for rural America. And that I don't know. Some of it just strikes me too much as party politic Christianity kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and uh, um, but generally, and we'll get into this. We'll get into our personal opinions kind of more later. But uh, on a lot of this stuff. It make it just it makes a lot of sense in kind of the way things are going, but uh, okay. So here's what I'd like to do. Yeah, sure. I would like for us to go ahead and do our show and tell mm-hmm. and our commercial break. Then after that break, we'll come back and say, okay, I think we've wrapped up what we think about his dreams. Yeah, and so we'll come back after the break and we'll talk about what we think might be coming for November, December, January. That sounds great. All right. So until John, you're up. Uh, what are you going to tell us about today? Okay, so in mid-August was my anniversary, and uh, and how many years? Two years. Ooh, yeah. Time to start teaching marriage classes. No kidding. I heard. I, I guess after the first anniversary, it's like, oh man, we're not newlyweds anymore. And Lindsay said it's actually two years. It is. That's so, the official. Yeah. So now I'm not a newlywed, which feels kind of a bummer. I get less <laughs> excuses that way. Uh, but uh, Lindsay's an amazing gift giver. And I yes, she is. could use a lot of work in that field. So our first anniversary, and she won't want me telling you this, so don't tell her, <laughs> but I really dropped the ball. I got her like normal kind of like birthday style stuff. I got her like a book. Right. Um, Nothing that said I movie. love you and I'm thinking about no, you. No, no. Just things that she might like. Yeah. 
this was a big no-no. And I wrote a nice card, as I as I always do. You know, that was good, I guess. You're a writer. Yeah. And uh and anyway, so this time I was like, Well, I really gotta I really gotta put put my back into it for this one. So I had this plan to make a little uh, finger joint box. I went on YouTube specifically to find something that I, that uh, um, an idiot like me could do. Mm-hmm. And I found this little finger joint box that looked pretty easy. You just, uh, the, what appealed to me was that you only needed really a table saw and some, you know, sandpaper and some, some glue maybe. And to, uh, that the width of all the joints was just the width of a table saw blade. And you just run it through a bunch of times. But then it would come together like a teeth and yeah, build a box. Exactly. You'd do a slide lid in there. Mm-hmm. And boom, she's got a little gift box. Yeah. Turns out I overestimated <laughs> my abilities. Uh, that was that was for idiots who are even smarter than I am. Yeah. So, well, I remember the day we set up my table saw and tried to figure this out, and it yeah. was not pretty. No, blew a blew a hole through one of my shirts as the as the table saw <laughs> knocked a chunk of wood back. Yeah. We, yeah. We were not. We're not craftsmen. No. So, uh, so then we go to a store, and I gotta, I gotta kind of think fast. And I, I actually, I'm proud of how early I was thinking about this because I knew it was going to take longer than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And so we find uh, uh, you and me, we find uh, some woodworking stuff, some whittling stuff, some chisels, some uh, uh, basswood, and uh, and I've wanted to be. Is that what it's called, basswood? It's what it's. I don't know if it's bass or bass, but it's spelled like like basswood. It's not bosswood. Oh, maybe. No, but not balsa. Right. Never mind. Anyway. I've only ever read it. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. So uh, some chisels, some bags of of B A S S word. Yeah. <laughs> and you're that way you have multiple opportunities yes. to get this right. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, and so I decide I'm going to to chisel something, and I decide I was I was going to originally try and do a, a either a violin or a mandolin, two instruments that Lindsay plays, and uh, and I start carving it, and I realize. All I'm going to be able to do is is swing a guitar. That's all because because yeah, that's yeah. It's just a much less complicated. And, Fine uh, motor skills and little fingers. Yeah, you, you like both. I like both exactly. So, uh, and I thought I was going to have to do a bunch of test runs. I do one test run on making a guitar, and I learn a lot of lessons. Goes great. Didn't cut myself once in this whole process, which I was super nice, proud of. Yeah, a lot of woodworking kits I looked up come with bandages for your fingers <laughs> because. Because it's that they, common. They're selling them to guys like us. Yeah, but uh, apparently not because I didn't get cut. So uh, I make this uh, uh, test guitar, then I make the real guitar, and I, I carve you know just the, the silhouette. I, I think it looks all right, our, our uh, anniversary in the back. And then... Um, tell the rest mm, of the gift. You got to tell uh, the rest of the gift. Well, now I have to. Then I, I uh, wrote and recorded <laughs> a song. That you will absolutely never hear, listener. I wasn't even <laughs> or me tell, or you, yeah, because yeah. uh, I wasn't even going to tell it. But uh, uh, recorded it with uh, my newfound audio pro- programming skills from mm-hmm. our podcast, and uh, so I, you played the song, played the song, and then sang it. Put those into one yeah, track. I can't play guitar and sing at the same time. It's a it's some weird mental block I have. I don't think yeah. I'll ever be able to. So you gave her a, a chiseled. Guitar. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So song. my show and tell. Excuse me. Sorry, I got wrapped up in the story of it. Yeah, is the chisels that I bought because she still has the, the guitar. So I've got. This is going to go long. I should have gotten to the point faster. I got six chisels, in and a I kit. actually yeah. in a kit, and I actually mostly used my pocket knife, which I didn't anticipate. Oh, uh, I got another pocket knife, which you showed for our show and tell mm-hmm. once because you got one for me and my uh, brothers, and brother-in-law, and uh, um. I use mostly that, but these chisels, you got one that is, uh, uh, 
just straight, one that's angled, one with a sloped cut, and then uh, three that have kind of like a, uh, they're like a V shape. And so you can kind of route out. Oh, nice. Yeah. And they have these nice wood handles that are kind of cool looking. They all have the same handle. Mm -hmm. How tall do you think they are? Half a foot. The whole thing altogether is half a foot. Six inches. So a six inches tall. Yeah. So we'll take a picture of these. We'll put them on. uh, Anything else you want to say about them? Uh, Exacto brand. I would say they're overpriced. Uh, when Lindsay was trying to guess, she uh, she said, "How much did it cost?" And and I think it was like seventy bucks. No, it was like it was like between sixty and seventy. It, so so then you know then I'm like, well now she's going to expect something nuts right. when she she's only going to get this little <laughs> wooden guitar for seventy bucks. You tell her you had to pay the singer, you know, yeah. history. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it couldn't have been me. Right, there's no doubt that it's me singing that song. That's awesome. So we'll, That's we'll it. yeah we'll put, we'll put a picture of those online. And John, you made me realize as you told this story that I know exactly what my next show and tell will be. It's a very meaningful possession of mine. So you got to help me remember next episode for my show and tell to share a very meaningful gift I received years and years ago. I know exactly what it is, and I think I'm not going to remind you because I don't <laughs> want I don't want you to show it. But uh, we'll do our commercial break real quick, and we'll come right back in uh, in a few minutes. Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining him on his mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. All right, welcome back. Uh, thank you so much for listening and for listening to our commercial break. And hey, we got a new Patreon this week or this month. A patron. Uh, a patron, yeah. a new patron. Uh, so we want to say thanks to Jordan, who jumped on our uh, support team and, and uh, jumped on there to, to just bless what we're trying to do here. So thanks. Very much appreciated. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. grateful. And uh, yeah, so John, let's talk about uh, as you see the fall coming out, as you see October, November, December. Yeah. What's your gut? Uh, let's just cut to the chase. Sure. What's your gut? Uh, so my my operating understanding of the world is that the future is always going to be, most almost always going to be, uh, less dramatic and more boring than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> and it's, an, it's a great principle. That's a, that's a great principle. It really is. It, it, the thing is that it has exceptions. So I think as an operating understanding, I use that wording because that's the, that's my baseline assumption. Yeah. And then, uh, and then in spe- specific scenarios like this winter, like with COVID, I was dead wrong. Yeah. You know, I was, I would have predicted that this. And I jumped on early and thought this, the world's not going to go back to normal. This isn't, a, this isn't a, a blizzard. This yeah. isn't a snowstorm. This is an ice age mm. and it's not a long one, but it's an That's ice good. age. And I did, I did believe that from the start of this for some reason, I don't know why, but well, then you nailed it because <clears throat> my, my operating understanding failed me there, failed me in the 2016 election. 
Um, yeah, but those uh, the world resumed to normal. Yeah. with the election, you know, not too not too slowly. Yeah, yeah, things happen like, uh, you know, things that that you never would have thought a president would say, stuff like that. Or he's yeah. like, I can't believe we're in a war, but but generally, uh, there's not wasn't a civil war. Yeah, no country or no states seceded from the country. Right, right. There wasn't like a mass uh, migration of people to Canada. Right. Which a lot of yeah, people, all those yeah. celebrities who promised they were leaving the country if he got elected, they yeah. stuck around. So in general, that's that's the kind of thing you know people say. Well, uh, Russian soldiers in the streets. There's just no way. Yeah. Uh, I think, and and a lot of the stuff we've seen these things before. We've seen riots like this with like the Rodney King riots, mm-hmm. and it's way isolated. Right. It's only one city lasted a, a few nights. Mm-hmm. This is countrywide for what is it? Two months in now? his dream, or you mean no? Now. From right now. So you would call the riots now countrywide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, spanning the country. Well, we've got we've got Oregon. We've got uh, that to me, Portland, Seattle. Yeah. And then you've got Minneapolis, and then which got, is where the Floyd thing happened. And then you've got the one with with Jacob Blake. Now I forget the the name. Wisconsin. Of that so it's in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. I would not call this countrywide. My point. But what I mean is that it's not just a California riot. It is a country riot because oh, right, it's in right, right. it's in cities all over the the country. Yeah. So it's not it's not just California's problem. Yeah. Uh, or LA's problem because it was just an LA riot. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's more what I mean is that we've seen that before, but not like this. This sure. is kind of different. Yeah, I might say unprecedented. But if you're going back to like civil rights, that was widespread uh, protesting all over the country, and and I would say the the violence in Vietnam, you know, the Vietnam era, uh, yeah. there were constant pr- protests. Some that got ugly about Vietnam, and even I realize that my usage of the word riots is very is very um, um, loose, s- sensitive, and the Rodney King ones I would call a riot. And then every now and again, you know, some of the nights in the, along the past two months, I would sure. say, have devolved into riots. Yeah. For the most part, I would call them protests. I was just, I was just speaking quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, if I'm making predictions for the future, then my operating understanding would say, no, the country's not going to implode, regardless if it gets elected in November. But man, can you imagine if if there's potential voting fraud coming on? Mm-hmm. And Trump gets reelected, but it's not by the popular vote again. And right. people are already mad about the electoral mm-hmm. college. I just don't know. You you take the ball for a bit while I think, because I'm because I have a hard, okay, I have I, a hard time like Babe Ruth calling a shot. I have a hard time right, doing that, right. pointing towards the sands and being like, and that's where this is going. And uh, there's no way that we are um, qualified to do that. No, <laughs> and nor do we think God has spoken to us and shown us something for sure, very very clear. Now I do think that November is going to be rough. Hmm. And so um, I love your principle that um, that as a general principle, things are far more boring and less dramatic than we fear. Sure. Or I guess that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think know. that's a great guiding principle. The other thing that helped me was my motorcycle ride this summer. Hmm. Because we live in crazy land right here in the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, Seattle, Portland, Seattle. Olympia's had a lot of uh, protests and window smashing. And and uh, so you can easily think when you live in the middle of this kind of intensity that the whole country's on fire. Mm-hmm. When, in fact, it's not. And on my motorcycle ride, I went through Nevada, Utah, Arizona, and, the, and Colorado and the Rocky Mountains. And what I found were peaceful town after town after town after town where they love their law enforcement and where they are um, operating normally. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a 
huge section of our country, I would say the vast majority of our country, like the country they live in. They don't want to burn it down. They're not uh, rattled to the core. And um, they want uh, a peaceable, wonderful country. So I do think it's easy when you live in the middle of places that are on fire that it's easy to think that's more widespread than it actually is. Sure. So I did do this uh, last week. I, I sat down and I thought, what do I think has at least a 50% chance of happening? Hmm. And I made a list of things that I think uh, come, uh, you know, starting in November. I think this list of things has a 51% chance or better of actually happening. And let's, so let's do it. I'll give you my list. Um, first, neither party accepts the outcome of the election for president. Depending on the neither election. neither party, the losing party, right. no matter which one it is, if the election is close, uh, both parties, the losing party, will refuse to accept it as a valid election. Now, if Trump were to lose and declare it an invalid election, I think he would hunker down in the White House, gather his generals around him, and say, "Come kick me out because I didn't lose. This is not valid." Hmm. And there, you're going to get all kinds of massive chaos. Yeah. So, uh, so really, the best thing for our country would be a landslide victory, that would be harder to debate about that. So, yeah. uh, so my first prediction is that if the election is close, the losing party will not accept the outcome, and that will result in uh, people, particularly if it's a President Trump re-election, it will create lots of burn it down, upset response. Yeah. Uh, I also think there's a better than 50% chance that we won't have final election results until late November, if not even December, because of recounts and mail-in ballots and revalidating the outcomes. I think it could be a long time before they declare a winner. And before I forget, there was interesting to me that uh, um, in the, the dreams, there was no mention of of uh, Russia in any of this, and he, he, right. it was it was I don't know, it was uh, something that stood out. To I me. don't see any of that, but that's just me. Um, the other uh, a couple more things. I I I think there's a better than fifty percent chance that vandalism of churches will increase. Um, Has it been going on? There's been some. We okay. had a church in our town burned down. Not they didn't burn it completely down, but the smoke damage and everything is massive amount of damage. When was that? I didn't hear about that. Uh, it was a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and uh, maybe five blocks from our church. Wow. Uh, and so I think there will be more vandalism of churches depending on how things go. I do think that in Washington they're going to attempt to mandate a vaccine for Washington residents. And will apply a lot of pressure that you have to demonstrate proof that you've been vaccinated in order to do certain things. I think there's a more than 50% chance that our governor will try to do something like that. One thing that's helpful with that is that if that ever were to happen, it would start in California or New York. We kind of go in that, we kind of go in that uh, snowball. Yeah, California, Oregon, and Washington, they have uh, a strong, those three governors have a strong relationship and they do. play off each other a lot i have a hard time with that one as well i don't but but this is your list yeah and i would love for you to say you know hey i don't really i don't i don't feel 50 percent on that one or that one or that one or whatever this is one where i would probably raise my hand on for for not feeling 50 percent likely i think it is too um because even even the um the potentially freedom restricting 
uh, COVID stuff has, yeah. has been so uh, ill-enforced uh, for the most part that it would be True. hard for me to see a really, really strong-fisted mandate. Um, but we have governor elections coming up, too. That could be its own kind of crazy thing. Yes, it could. A uh, couple of more. Um, I do think looting and vandalism in urban cities increases as the election turmoil rolls out. Um, I think there will be shortages again. Toilet paper, um, perhaps certain kinds of food. Yeah. Uh, so there might be difficulty there. I think that, and this is just our church, I, we are preparing for a 20% decrease in giving due to economic impact. Hmm. And... Um, I think there could be, and I don't know if I'm 51% on this one, uh, restricted bank activity that you can only withdraw so much money a day. Uh, funds are not available even though you have them. Sure. There might be some of that. So um, those are my thoughts. I also think that there's a, a big chance the stock market takes a big hit. But uh, I talked to a financial planner recently, and he explained to me the recovery times going all the way back to 2008 uh, and the recovery times for the market have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. In fact, the last, the last two corrections recovered in three months and two months. And this is stock markets or or stock markets. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do think that whatever happens uh, in the stock market will recover faster than we think it will. Sure. So those are mine. What, give me your feedback on the list or what you would say, what, where you kind of land it relative to that. Uh, I like the list. Um, the election stuff to me feels the most like the most real threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just been building and building and building. And I think one of the, you know, we've talked a lot about the frustrated majority. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm hesitant when I think about these big explosive right. seasons because I think the majority of people simply don't feel enough about those mm-hmm. things. They don't feel anger enough. They don't feel, you know, to it, go take action, to grab exactly. a weapon, to yell and scream, to throw a fit. Exactly. To burn down stuff. I think they are getting, getting fed up though, with these extremists disrupting our lives. And, and I think what it, what the truth might be is that it doesn't take that many to, right. to, to cause things like this. Yeah. That if, if the 20% of the kind of extreme is really, really, really fired up, then it doesn't, it maybe doesn't quite matter what the right. other 80 right. really are, are up to. So, um, so that's kind of the, the root of my stuff. If you then, you know, just to throw on here, if you have a diminishing police force, every police officer I know is just frustrated and exhausted. Yeah. And so uh, you could have a vacancy eruption of police officers which could make that another complicated thing. Yeah, where even if the majority is not upset, it's there's no one to really stop yeah. a lot of those people. Right. Um, yeah, and uh, things like uh, resource resource shortages. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, we had never seen anything like that before. I right. hadn't. No, me either. And you couldn't find toilet paper for a long for time, a, close to a month. I have no like. idea why. You know, why did people choose toilet paper as a thing to, who to hoard? Yeah, who would have guessed that over yeah. like canned? tomatoes yeah you know, like i don't <laughs> rice, know rice yeah flour, exactly. sugar exactly yeah maybe people have that enough they were they thought but yeah. uh anyway so it's interesting to me to think about that where without another wave of covid i wouldn't really expect that to happen uh but um and and cash shortages are in- interesting where you'd think at least with me ever since i haven't when i was a barista i, I used cash a lot because of tips i haven't even touched cash in a long time so that doesn't feel like big news to me but i know 
for a lot of people outside of my own experience, mm-hmm. is, it is a huge deal. So that kind of stuff is interesting. And, and to be perfectly honest, I'm very ill-educated on things like the coin shortage. I heard murmuring about it, never really looked into it. So right, right. I don't know what that was about. Um, I it, One of the reasons why I'm hesitant with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And a lot of these guys, you know, uh, Dana never says that this is end time stuff. He no, just he says right. that, that it's that's crazy. Yeah. And so I always think, well, people thought they was in the end times when they lived. Oh, man. Like, can you imagine living in World dozens War I and or dozens two? of times? Yeah. Spanish flu, all kinds of times. They thought this was it. If I, yeah, if I lived through either of the World Wars or maybe even the, the Civil War. At the fall of the Roman Empire. I mean, people were thinking, this they, has to be. This it. has to be the coming of Jesus. So when I think about those and I think about now and how limited the scope is to just our country, we're, we're one of the most influential countries on the planet. Obviously, disruption here affects other countries, mm-hmm. but not to the scale that you think of when you think of end times. So, so if this is isolated from end times, if this is just a crazy season we're entering, I really can see it. Um, I've heard you know mention the word civil war has been thrown around a lot recently. Mm-hmm. I think that to me is 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 it's way a below the mega long shot. That's yeah, a, yeah exactly. But but of of a crazy crazy season. Mm-hmm. You know, like like a depression era season, a decade of bad, bad disruption. Yeah, um, I can I see it more and more. Let's finish with uh, why we have hope. Mm-hmm. When you think uh, forward, you're not living in fear. You're not shaking no. in your covers at night. Why do you have optimism for the future? Uh, well, to be honest, I I have what I would call maybe healthy apprehension. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because when it, when you think about like. Um, when you think about your your the cycle of life that we that we've lived with for so long being threatened, that is scary on just a a normalcy level. Yeah, that like I expect. Yeah. I, I really crave the normal that I had. Exactly. I want to go to work and have money to spend on food and go to movies and yeah, yeah. I was thinking like uh, yeah, see the Seahawks play or exactly whatever. Exactly. And and if you know if Washington D.C. is on fire, I don't know what happens to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never been there before. That's right. uncharted ground. So. Well, I guess we have in like 1812, but you know, so, uh, uh, that part is, is scary to me, but knowing, you know, it's a little, it's almost exciting. Almost. Mm-hmm. It's it, just to think about that kind of disruption and the opportunities there for the kingdom and that God could really be moving through these big events. Yeah. yeah. Um, because my life has been, it feels like an era of whispering from God. Mm-hmm. Of lots of of smaller stuff and you, and and big things I've lived through. I've technically lived through nine eleven. I don't really remember it, mm-hmm. and the two thousand eight recession, which I, you know, I remember more. Uh, but this, as as an adult, to be to be coming face to face with a potential situation like this, has its own kind of excitement to it. Of thinking I could really see God move in crazy, crazy mm-hmm. ways, mm-hmm. and the comfort there. The reason why I don't, I don't, I'm not losing sleep over this, is because even the threat to normalcy um, has promises of. Of um, the word I'm looking for is escaping me, but that I'm going to be covered. I'm I'm I will be mm. I will have food. Yeah, uh, he'll will, he'll provide for you by the no prom- matter what's going on by the promise of God. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can rely on that more than I can rely on nearly yeah. anything. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I feel a little. You know, I I will admit that in the early phases, I was battling a little bit of despair, a little bit yeah. of uh, oh man, this is not going to be good. Yeah, uh, but now I'm at the place of absolute. Uh, certainty of the protection of God, of the narrative of the God story, that God is mm. going to tell his story. 
and that these are all details in that story. And it's because I'm attached in Christ, because I'm a part of the God story I'm taken care of. Doesn't mean it wouldn't be challenging or difficult. I'm okay with that. I'm really excited about the death blow to consumer Christianity. Yeah. I'm really excited about the, the people of God um, waking up from a long, lazy sleep that we've had because <laughs> life has been so easy. Yeah. And um, waking up to the fact that there are real uh, kingdom issues going on. There's real things to care about and people to pray for. Um, I'm excited about people sharing their faith with their friends, caring about one another, coming to one another's aid supporting one another like never before yeah so i think there's a ton of wins for us i think it could get difficult it could get challenging it could get a little bit uh frightening but overall this is going to be kissed by god for us and he's going to use us and and shape us and give us a great future uh in his kingdom so uh i feel i feel really uh optimistic now yeah and uh i've realized that that i started the day even um not really worrying that much about it and i've and i've grown even more as we talk and 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 just thinking about it more and more um i guess less and less doubtful of a coming conflict Mm -hmm. uh and so if this if we look really stupid in a few months and it was like well that was easy right trump left right and biden's in there or or whatever or biden left and and and, and trump is still there and and people are kind of okay with it you know what we moved on yeah then uh you know Shame on us for making you nervous for no reason. But yeah. but this is this is I guess um, this is well the predictions the, for predictions' sake. Yeah, we well and we wanted to address the Dana Coverstone dreams because a lot of people are watching those by yeah. the thousands. You've gotten you've gotten lots of comments I, on every that. single week. I have a person from our church ask me what do I think of those. So I wanted to talk about that. And the thing that we want to finish with is is this confidence we have in the provision and power of God. And there is no reason for a Christ follower to be afraid that our God is strong. He's able, he's sufficient. And in fact, he's going to use us and empower us for whatever we face. And so for that, we're very, very confident. And um, we really urge you to push fear away with faith and to rest in the goodness of our God. And if you feel like there's some uh, anxious times coming, Buy a little extra toilet paper. <laughs> uh, a one of those Costco packs will do it. You'll one be, pack. You don't. You like don't need month. stacks of that. And uh, we would urge you not to hoard things, uh, because that's how a shortage gets created. As people yeah. start hoarding things. Um, but man, uh, our God is good. He's able, and um, His kingdom prevails, and that's great news. Awesome. That's All right. It. Well, hey, thanks for listening today. We really appreciate it. We'd love your feedback. You can email us at info at jimandjohn.com. No H in the John. What else, John? Uh, I think you covered it. Instagram you covered it and, and uh, uh, email. You can go to our website at jimandjohn.com. Mm-hmm. No H in John. And that'll have, that's kind of a comprehensive thing. If you're We write really some blogs there. You can read some blogs that we write. Um, you can also see the picture of John's, um, what is that called? A uh, What's that? Oh, the the You're chisels. Show and tell the chisels. Yeah, and you'll put that on Instagram or on our blog or both. Uh, I'll try and do both again. I'm I'm i every time this comes up, I feel a little bit like the teachers ask me where my homework is. Well, I'm going to make you do it tonight while we sit and uh, hang out together. All right. So we'll do it tonight. It'll get on there. And um, what else, man? Subscribe. Tell a friend. Pass this on to someone else. Yeah, we're here every Monday morning. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you.